Welcome to the Bariatric Nutrition Coach Podcast, where we empower you with weight loss, surgery, nutrition knowledge, mindset advice, and inspiration, so you succeed in your weight and health journey. I'm your host, Jane Stoltz, and I am a bariatric dietitian who has helped over 1,300 people on their weight loss surgery journeys. I'm also a solo mum, lover of long walks while listening to podcasts, partial to a glass of wine, and the ocean is my happy place. Join me as I dive deep into bariatric nutrition and lifestyle topics and deliver them to you in bite-sized, palatable episodes every Monday. Now let's go. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Bariatric Nutrition Coach Podcast. And I'm so excited to be introducing a wonderful guest, that I have with me today, Mariah, who I was chatting to on the phone and we got along so well. The topics we were discussing, I just felt were so valuable. And in the middle of our phone conversation, I just blurted out to her, would you come on my podcast? And it's not something I normally do. And she straight away said yes. So welcome, Mariah. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited to be here because the topics we were chatting about were very close to my heart and you were so articulate and we're having a wonderful chat. And I said to you in the middle of the the conversation, I don't usually say (laughs) or or just blurt out when you come on my podcast, I usually have some form of filter, but I'm so happy you're here. Before I hand it over to you, Mariah, to introduce yourself, I wanted to have Mariah on not only because the topics we were chatting about were really valuable. But where Mariah is in her bariatric journey, I think it's a wonderful place to be chatting because she is just about to be two weeks post-surgery. She's just started her bariatric journey. So for people that listen to my podcast that are thinking about having bariatric surgery or around this stage, the topics that we're talking about are going to really resonate with you, but they're also going to be resonating with people further down the track. So I'm going to hand it over to Mariah to introduce yourself. Thank you. So my name is Mariah. I'm 31 years old. I live in Oregon, which in the United States. And like she said, I'm about two weeks post-op and I would explain myself as a chronic dieter before this. That was a really big part of what we're chatting about. But I want to start earlier than that or kind of chatting about a little bit about your decision, Mariah, to have bariatric surgery. And for most people, it is something that they think about for a long time. It is not the first thing that they want to try to lose weight. It's often the last. So I'd love to hear more about your decision to have bariatric surgery. Of course. This past August in 2023, I was kind of evaluating where I was at. I had felt like, I don't know, I was basically in the same spot I had always been. Couldn't really find a balance with my food eating, like my eating patterns. And I was looking back on the past two years and two years prior I had initially started looking into a bariatric surgery and at the time my insurance didn't cover it and they did offer coverage through a weight loss facility program, which sets you up with like a weekly appointment and had me on medications for appetite suppressant, which was successful for about a year. I did lose, I think around 30 pounds at that point, but I changed jobs, changed insurance, and it shifted what I was had access to. And so I was 
desperate at that time to look into other avenues and was looking at like the online subscriptions for appetite suppressant medication. I've done the shots, anything like that. And they all just left me feeling very yucky. I felt nauseous. I felt miserable. I was drained in energy and it didn't feel sustainable to me. And then it didn't feel like I was getting anywhere and enough for it to be worth it. You can be miserable and that's something that you can choose to be, but it wasn't something that I felt was good for my life. So coming at the two-year mark this past August, I realized that I was really no closer to where I thought I was going to be two years ago when I had first considered it. And a friend had mentioned that she had gone to a facility and that was something that I really wanted to consider. And so I decided to jump all in and I'm going to go for it. I had my surgery in January. So I took those four to five months prior to really prepare and review resources and access as many support chats and learn as much as I could to absorb everything because it is a it's a difficult journey. It's a complete lifestyle change. It's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing journey. So that was what kind of launched me into it was deciding that I was tired of struggling in my life, the lacking yeah. of balance for my surroundings. And I was tired of feeling like I was at war with food. Thank you so much for that. And I think so many people are going to relate to so many things that you shared there about the program you went on. It's just constant dieting and mm -hmm. it's really tiring. I would love to ask you because you're so early days after surgery and this will be fresher in your mind than say somebody that's say two years, you know, five years post-surgery. When you were pre-surgery, what were the things coming up for you as maybe concern or what did you think life or how it was going to feel in the early days? What were your perceptions of what it was going to be like to have surgery? Were they different to what where you are now? I mean, your very early days, but were there things mm -hmm. that you were ruminating and you were concerned about or you're worried about? And even now, what does it look like in six months? Am I going to be able to eat certain foods? What were your thoughts pre-surgery? Of course. I think one of the biggest things I really had my eye on was the mental aspect of it. I've been on a lot of different support groups on Facebook and I found a lot of resources and a, a large complaint of a lot of people was they lost a large amount of weight, but mentally they feel like they're in the spot where they were before surgery. So that, that body dysmorphia and dealing with the emotional regulation and having to look for different coping mechanisms than you were seeking in food prior. I myself am an emotional eater. I will eat when I'm sad, mad, happy, anything like that was my thing. And so I knew that as having that as a crutch, I was going to need to exhaust other options to be successful in this. And it's an investment. It's a tool. It's not going to be foolproof. And so I need to give it my all as well. So that was an item that I did look into and I started therapy prior to surgery so that I could at least have that avenue of someone helping support me emotionally and learn new coping mechanisms and how to approach life because life doesn't slow down. That's a huge thing. The food triggers is a big thing. And I think that goes along with emotional eating and also like the binging, which I definitely am. I think that's a future thing I'm worried about currently right now. Even though my husband's food looks great, it doesn't actually feel like it's going to sit well. I just know that, like the way it feels in my body. So I'm not necessarily craving anything, although I would love solid food, but I'm not dealing with those pains yet. So I know that that'll be something that's coming. And so trying to set my good foundation for that. But a major thing I was actually worried about for surgery was the pain. 
And I think I had even talked to you, Jane, about trying liquids out at different temperatures and how I was kind of worried about putting myself in a position where I was going to be in pain. And it's an inevitable thing to kind of be playing that Russian roulette in a way. I mean, you never know if it's going to sit well with your body or not. And I've been pleasantly surprised on how manageable that feeling is. It's uncomfortable, but if you're taking small adjust, like small sips or small bites, like in what you're doing to try to see if your body's going to be okay, then you're not going to be causing yourself to be sick. You're just going to be like, okay, my body didn't like that. Let's go a different direction. And so that's been a huge revelation. Lovely. You've picked several things you, you mentioned there that I want to pick up on. Oh, this last one, the, what you were just talking about, I want to talk about. I mean, when we spoke, we we're talking about progressing through the dietary stages and mm-hmm. you were on my same page. If you have a choice to go fast or you have a choice to go slow, your tummy right. is healing. And when you're trying a new food or a new liquid, new fluid, it's a very small amount. Let it sit, see if it works, put it to the side. Some right. pain is expected, but for me, I wouldn't want anyone's threshold to be too high, meaning that's why it's good to be connected to a bariatric centre or to have people to check in with what's normal and what's not, okay? Healing takes time. I've been told by a surgeon six, seven weeks and your tummy has healed. So that's quite a long time. And where you are, Mariah, in these early days, your stomach and your gastrointestinal tract is swollen. And so it's right. even small, that swelling is going to go down. So yes, it's trial and error and it's a lot of patience. And so many people before surgery will say they eat quickly and we're in such a busy world. Overnight, you move into a space where we really want you to be sitting still, going so it feels uh, painfully slow sipping Mm -hmm. when you do get to eating and using your teeth and all that lovely stuff coming. So it is an adjustment, but it does get easier and it, it does change quite a lot over the first year. So thank you for that. The other thing you mentioned, I thought was so good that the insight you have about the emotional journey after bariatric surgery and emotional eating for non-hungry reasons is such a big part of many people's life and was what led them to be overweight and obese. So surgery is a tool, yes, and it really is a wonderful tool and helps get weight off and starts that journey. But the long journey and the harder work often is that emotional work. And I'm so glad you talked someone and I always encourage people to get that emotional support I do when I work with people work on strategies very practical strategies non-hungry eating and patterns and triggers for emotional eating I just want to let people know it is so common it is so such important work to do because if you don't do it it will come back in the long run and that's what leads to weight regain so that is and I just was took over your time really in the sense it's not about me it's about you this podcast (laughs) and you kind of touched on something else I was going to ask you was getting to know your new tummy and what feelings what sensations I know this might sound like a really unusual question but what sensations are you having in your body that are unusual like do things feel a bit different in your body do you feel like you've had enough fluid How is that going tapping into your new tummy it's definitely interesting like right now I earlier today, I had some yogurt that had set well yesterday and it's not sitting nearly as well today. So which I've heard is normal as well. Like it could be like a day-to-day type of thing. So that comes with a little bit of pressure, almost feeling like you need to burp is kind of how 
I'm feeling it. There's just feels like there's something sitting there yeah. in like my esophagus kind of thing. It's not that I, I'm not a big burper in general, but it's not that, that there's any real thing to be released. Like I didn't overeat, but it definitely does feel like there's a pressure that needs to be released. So maybe like once it digests a little bit and moves through, it'll probably lessen and it'll be a little bit better, but it feels like it's like almost right at my collarbone is where kind of that pressure is in my, yeah. the middle of my chest. And then water and fluid intake. I've been so grateful to have tolerated like the, the Gatorade zero packets in my water. So I'm so grateful that I still tolerate those because it's one of my favorites that I do drink and making sure that I'm getting enough liquids with they're always having electrolytes in it. And so I always have my shaker bottle with me that has like the 20 ounces of fluid is what I start out with right now per day. Last week, I could only get down maybe 10 ounces of that in the whole day. And now I'm getting close to being completely done with it for the day. So, I mean, it's crazy how much progress you can make day by day on just those baby steps, but I can definitely tell when I'm thirsty. I think it's more of like a dry mouth thing right now. Like it just feels like my body is, it needs something and it can't get everything right now. So liquid yeah. is the, the electrolytes are really something that I'm loving that I can tolerate. So. And in your first two weeks, particularly, I mean, going forward, it's it's the same, but the first two weeks, it's about sip, sip, sip and getting adequate. That's really wonderful because I wanted to normalize how it can feel and things can feel quite differently and the, the air, the gas and people can have struggles and it, got, it gets better in time, but moving their gas and how things can just feel quite different. So that was lovely. Thank you so much for sharing. I want to delve in, Mariah, to relationship with food and like from even as a child, like what's the story been with your relationship with food? And I know you talked about like the last couple of years or in that kind of contemplating surgery, trying other things, but I'd love to hear more about overall your relationship with food, even from a child, like how things evolved over your life. Yeah, I remember coming home. I was alone a lot of the time as a child my parents both worked so I took care of myself a lot of the time and I think a lot of my food habits stemmed from boredom and that not really knowing what to do and food was a comfort and using that and almost eating too many snacks or just an overabundance of snacks after school and then also having dinner like that kind of thing but I commonly remember hiding it or getting into the leftovers I have a memory of getting into leftovers to eat cold spaghetti while standing in front of the fridge as a kid and then hiding it and putting it back in. And actually to this day, cold spaghetti, I still love the taste of it. I don't know what's <laughs> up with that. But throughout my entire life, it was something that was definitely very comforting. And I've noticed over the last few years, as I've started to become more aware of it, is that it's a stress response for me. And I tend to use it as something that can fill a void that I'm not addressing or I'm not properly bringing to light almost as a way to dissociate. And that has been a struggle. And also the fact of good and bad food and the fact that there really is no, there's no morality. It's, it's not attached to anything. And so really food is nutritious or less nutritious than one another and shifting my focus on how can I add to this meal to make it better or well-rounded instead of what can I take away? And so that has been my journey over the past couple of years, definitely has been shifting my relationship and just taking away the guilt of it all. Yeah. But that is an ongoing struggle, I think, because 
from a daughter of a mom who was on SlimFast and the Denise Reynolds exercise videos and chronically on diet pills since I was like 15. It's difficult to break that stigma and not look at food as the enemy because it's not something that can go away because we do need to exist and live and nourish our bodies. And that's just shifting how we look at it and how we approach it. Oh, and I think so many people relate to that, what you've just shared about from childhood and through life. Look, the dieting industry has affected a lot of people. And I see, and I know we chatted about this, but I often see women entering their weight loss surgery journey kind of battle. I call it battle born, exhausted mm -hmm. from years of dieting. Mm -hmm. And I do talk a lot about with my clients compassion, because guess what? Dieting is not compassionate. Dieting is good, bad, right, wrong. I had a good day. I didn't have a good day. The scales didn't move. I'm not good enough. The scales moved. And you are so correct. It takes time and it is often women's default way of thinking, even in their bariatric journey. And part of my goal and what I talk a lot about is showing that you actually can have a bariatric journey, get the most out of your surgery but doing it in a way that's very focused on self-care, mindful eating, compassion, building a diet with variety that's enjoyable and getting balance. And where you are right now, that can look like a mountain. And I know what, because where you are, and I'm just talking also to anyone listening that's really in the early days, but it is possible. And when you do the work, part of it is around observation. And I do a lot of this with my clients, observing patterns and triggers and getting to know yourself better and really aware of your thoughts because old habits die hard. Definitely would agree. I mean, I, I can see this being something that will continually come up. I think it's a battle that you continue to wrestle with. Um, no one's perfect. And I've seen stories of a lot of people who continue to battle that emotional yeah. relationship with food and also how they're just balancing the act of reintroduction. And it's it's definitely a lot. Yes. Yeah. I haven't talked a lot for a, a long, oh, I can't remember when I've talked about eating cycles to a great mm. degree. I'll touch on it now. And I don't actually know if I've done a podcast. I don't think I've done a podcast yet on eating cycles. I mean, it probably would be a really good topic to go through in more depth. There's really three main eating cycles, restrictive, overeating, and intuitive, mindful eating, balance. And dieting is restrictive. And if you have rules, you have good foods, bad foods, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, all of that. It's this cycle that you're in. And people can be in this for weeks and months or years, or people can be in this even restrictive in the early part of the day. So you can be in it for various lengths of time. You can only hold restriction for so long. And at some point you give, you get, you jump or you bounce I call it into overeating is particular foods of what you go for you eat quickly because you want it to the food to disappear you don't feel good about it you're not eating mindfully you're eating with not being mindful or that's where often what that's where the rate gain weight regain happens you feel shame guilt you pull yourself back into a restrictive eating cycle and then that kind of that cycle of going from one cycle to the other keeps on going. And the third cycle is ideally where we're working towards that we have um, all foods fit, there's balance, you enjoy your food, you eat it mindfully, you stop when you're satisfied, you have other parts of your life, you have other ways of managing your emotions. 
that you enjoy and you are going to go off track sometimes, but you recognize that you're human. You're not a bad person and it's just life. And you're going to do that and how to get yourself back into that good eating habit and good healthy habits. So I just wanted to touch on that because eating cycles are really good to be aware of and where you are. And if people tackle their weight loss surgery journey in a res- thinking they need to be in a restrictive eating cycle, you are going to still do the same thing as you did before surgery, which is not be able to hold it and bounce into the overeating cycle. Now tell me, is this you? You have had your bariatric surgery and you're feeling lost. You're lacking support and you don't know what to eat and when. Or you may have noticed after your surgery, your hunger and cravings have started to return and you are scared you won't reach your goals. You may have had some weight regain and you want to stop the weight regain and lose some more weight. You may be pre-surgery and you want support to be fully prepared for your weight loss surgery journey. If any of these sound like you, then listen up. I have developed my bariatric nutrition bootcamp just for you. My coaching program provides education, coaching and community for people getting ready for their weight loss surgery and at every stage after their surgery. There are four key areas that I focus on with my clients in my bariatric nutrition bootcamp. One is the bariatric nutrition basics. You will learn what and how to eat so you feel satisfied, reach your protein and fluid goals and have less cravings and know how to manage your hunger in the future. Meal ideas and meal planning. You'll learn to plan meals and snacks that you like so you have great options on hand when it comes time to eat. Also, we focus on mastering weight regain habits, identifying any habits that are stopping you from reaching your goals and create manageable strategies to get back on the straight and narrow so you can manage your weight for the rest of your life. And also I focus with my clients in my bariatric nutrition bootcamp on learning to trust your body and food. Start to enjoy your food again by relearning to listen to your body cues so you have less guilt and improve your relationship with food and your body. If you are ready to maximize your weight loss surgery results, feel confident in your journey and be led with support and expert guidance, then the Bariatric Nutrition Bootcamp is for you. If you would like to know more about my coaching program, check out the link in the show notes. So Mariah, I'd love to ask you more about what you hope to achieve in your bariatric journey. Where would you love to be in two years time? So I'll first say weight loss. Obviously, I think that's like the main one, but I want to feel more comfortable in my body. I think everybody can know what it feels like to wear the same shirt and feel it like you're growing out of it, basically. And so I want to feel comfortable in my clothes. I want to not have to worry about how I'm going to earn my next meal. I want to find that balance in my nutrition where I feel empowered and I'm eating curating meals and I'm doing stuff where it feels empowering to myself. And I I also want to get to a point where I'm able to intuitively listen to my body. I've been out of tune with that voice and those cues where letting your full or heard it, but pushed right past it. 
And I want to get to a place where I find balance, where I'm in more of harmony with my body, not working against it. I feel like so many times over the years have I battled to force it to do something that to shrink, to fit into something. And although yes, the weight was the main motivator, I know that I overall just don't feel well. I don't feel great. And that's emotionally and physically. I don't like where I was at. And so this was a a moment to take charge and hopefully find balance and restoration throughout kind of my entire life where I feel more aligned with what my body needs and making that change to do so. I love that. And I know in everyone's bariatric journey, vast majority, there will be a weight kind of goal to some degree or roughly that weight is part of what they want to Yes. But it's lovely to have other aspects to what you're working towards. And I call it the why, what's your real why for having surgery? Because that why, when you get down to the core why, it's very emotional, connected to the heart. And that's going to be much more inspiring than even what the scales have to say. That makes sense. It'll keep you going through the stalls. Exactly. Yeah. And so being really clear on that, which you are, and people can even encourage people to have it written down and having it really clearly on paper of the real why for having surgery. And when it's bigger than just a weight loss, bigger than what the scales say, it's much more empowering. And it's that quality of life and feeling good. And that is so much more inspiring than just weight loss. So thank you so much for that. I think that is really wonderful. I'm just trying to think, I'd love to ask you another question, but it slipped my mind. Is there anything else that you think would be really valuable to share for somebody that's considering? So when I was out of surgery, the first day was a blur because I react very strongly to anesthesia via nausea. I was so nauseous and I was very sick. I vomited almost every hour following my surgery. And it took them a while to find the right nausea medication that would help control the symptoms. But I think that in addition to my stomach, having this traumatic event happen to it, that first day was a blur. And I actually did not know that people commonly like vomited after surgery. I didn't know that that was a thing. I don't know if that's a topic you would want to bring on, but I mean, it got exponentially better every day, which to me was insane. Like when people say, no, it'll get better. Like I was like, yeah, right. I feel like I don't feel good right now. And, but it got so much better the next day and the next day, like it was days apart how it felt. Definitely nausea in the early days is very common. And most Mm -hmm. people will have it for a short time. And Mm -hmm. that's why often people sent home from surgery will be generally most of the time with anti-nausea medication. Right. And it makes sense because your stomach and your gastrointestinal tract, and we don't want you to be vomiting for several reasons. One, your gut to be healing without aggravation. And also, because if you feel nauseous, it's challenging taking fluid in. As well as if you vomit a lot, you're at risk of some uh, vitamin deficiencies that are very important to manage. Anti-nausea medication is given to people and we want that to happen and to use that monitor yes um, nausea and it's great when yes it gets better day by day and if it doesn't get better to really reconnect with your bariatric center or your primary care provider because unfortunately some people do have nausea for longer and go for some time and it's really unlucky when it does but we need to use medication um, and other strategies that I work with clients on to optimize intake 
So I'm so glad, Mariah, that that has got better for you. Do you still have some nausea sometimes? No, I I think I have maybe when I've gone to bed trying to figure out how to take my nighttime pills and still trying to find what works best when to take them or what liquid to take them with. So that's been an adjustment and a shift, but not nausea in the commons, like in the normal sense. It's more of like a, okay, that didn't sit well, or I took that too fast more than anything. But I'm so grateful that the nausea subsided after the day two. And I was able to tolerate liquids, keep stuff down. But that first day was definitely a big blur. And I myself didn't have buyer's remorse or anything like that. But I know that's very common because you're thinking, why did I put myself through this? This is terrible. Is this going to be how it's going to be for the next few months? And you're right. You said that people don't always get out of that quickly. And so that's a difficult spot to be in. But I've heard it's absolutely normal, that initial reaction to feel like, why did I do this to myself? Definitely. Definitely. And it takes some people longer to come out of that than others, but people do. But it's a great saying that virus remorse because it's so applicable to the bariatric surgery. So Mariah, thank you so much for your time today. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting. I so appreciate you sharing your journey so far and your insights into your relationship with food and how it is for you at that really early stage after weight loss surgery. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thank you so much. So thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate your support, your time. And if you do find my podcast educational, interesting, valuable. I would love you to leave me a review and give me a rating. That would be wonderful. It really helps other people decide to listen to my podcast. So thank you so much. And I look forward to being back in your ears next week.